the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. It's Friday, March 3rd, 2023. The weekend is here again. Let's take a look at what's making headlines today. Premier holds state of the state for government's two years in office. Jamaican politician passes away. Cocaine found in Ecuadorian banana shipment. Fire in Chinese shopping district. Passenger uses stolen credit cards on cruise ship. We'll also take a look at the latest in the sporting world and your weather forecast. Join me for those stories and more. I'm Soya Fassler. so much for tuning in to the nation station 89.1 fm it's friday the end of another week on monday february 27th the honorable premier charles washington mizick addressed the nation at the state of the state marking the government's two years in office on February 19, 2021, during the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Turks and Caicos Islands held general elections where the PNP won 14 to 1. It was then the people of the TCI entrusted this government to make a change. Some of the highlights on what this government has achieved provided status holders and British Overseas Territory citizens with up to $2,500 in stimulus payments, forgiven over $15 million of legacy debt and penalties of small business owners, given stimulus and grants to operators within the cruise sector, approved a 28% increase in the national minimum wage from $6.25 to $8 per hour. For workers in security, manufacturing, construction, banking, financial services and insurance, the minimum wage is $9 an hour and the new rates will take effect on April 1st this year. Improvements for public servants, a new 6% pension and gratuity program for persons employed after 1992, reinstated 25% gratuity for persons employed before 1992 made a deposit of $8.4 million into the Public Service Pension Fund, and an additional $2 million will be invested this year, gave a 4% across-the-board salary increase to public servants. Police salaries have been increased by 10% and increased the Immigration Task Force allowance by 100%, reduced customs processing fees from 75 to 5%, Free tuition at the Turks and Caicos Islands Community College for all citizens of our beautiful islands and will be introducing satellite campuses for the sister islands starting in April 2023. Expanded the MSME program and increased cash grants for qualifying sectors. Provided farmers with grants to upgrade their farms. Provided hurricane relief grants to farmers as well. That was just some of the work in which the government has done for the people of the TCI. Another major issue is Crown Land, and the government is changing the way Crown Land is distributed to ensure that Turks and Caicos Islanders have access to available land at affordable prices. Cabinet has increased the discount from 25 to 50 percent on the purchase or conversion of residential conditional purchase leases to freehold titles. This came into effect on February 13th. Additionally, Cabinet has approved a project to implement the recommendations of the recent Crown Land Review Report. The first phase of amendments to the Crown Land Ordinance were debated on the 28th of February 
and the bill was passed. We spoke with a few attendees after the State of the State address to find out their views on what this government has done over the last two years. I think the government's uh, second anniversary is, is building to building out policies and, and actions that will bode well for the future of the country. Um, it's been a long time coming, but they are very sober, very balanced. Now we know what the vision is, and we need to see see the policies actually roll out. Well, I mean, listen, you know, you know, no government is perfect, but you know, judging from everything that transpired and looking at bringing us out of COVID, and one must obviously take into account the economy, right? And the economy has been performing tremendously. So, and when you move away from the economy and you move into policy and you, you start looking at, uh, one, of the, one of the things that really hit a home run for me was the, uh, the new policy that's coming forward for the crown land, right? And, you know, normally the Progressive National Party, the PNP, is more focused on commercial. But to see that the real, the real focus was really on residential tonight and really bringing relief for residential, really, it's, I mean, it's really tremendous stuff for Trex and Caicos Islanders. And I'm, I'm really proud of this government for really focusing on that because, I mean, as you and I know, is that at the end of the day, a lot of people, home ownership is a big deal in this country. And you work, you coming from the banking industry and looking at homeowners are really big, a really, really big deal. And really to start focusing on that, that was a major, major takeaway for me. And then another thing is uh, constitutional reform. You know, we know that it's not an overnight fix, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone wants a conversation really to start to progress. So when you look at the economy, home ownership, constitutional reform, you know, I think that, you know, we're really on the right track. Well, I, I think that the, uh, the Premier hit all the uh, keynotes that, that, that were supposed to be hit, particularly from a uh, con citizen's contract uh, standpoint. The empowerment of the of the people of Tuxin Caicos Islands have been something that successive governments have spoken about, but this government is, is trying trying to seriously to, to deliver. The raising up of, of, of people from, from poverty uh, to a to a living wage is very, very important to the dignity of the people of this country. But I can tell you this, the key part of his speech for me tonight was when he raised the constitutional issue. Because everything in the Tux and Caicos Islands, good, bad, or indifferent, hinges on a good constitutional arrangement that we have. Because our laws and everything else flow from the Constitution. And if we have a, a constitution that is not working for the people of the country, we have to make some serious effort to change it. Now, we all know that, that there were problems before that things had, had, had to be put in, put in place or something. But we have passed that. Chucks and Caicos Islands people have been paying their way straight through. We retired the debt that we had with the, with the UK government in record time. And that did not inure to the benefit of the Rufus uh, UN government, but is now redounding to the to, to, um, Washington Music's uh, government. We will bring you further updates on matters in subsequent newscasts. 
Now the office of the deputy governor of the Turks and Caicos Islands is pleased to announce the appointment of two new procurement officers in the Contracts and Corporate Performance Management Procurement Unit in the persons of Moesha Morris and Evan Serlin. Morris commenced employment with the Turks and Caicos government in 2016 as a clerical assistant within the Human Resource Management Directorate. Shortly thereafter, she completed an associate's degree in general studies humanities from the Turks and Caicos Islands Community College, and in 2017, left the Turks and Caicos Islands for the United Kingdom to pursue higher education. In 2021, Morris was awarded a bachelor's degree in psychology from Oxford Brookes University, where she was appointed the prestigious role of a student ambassador, where her passion for helping individuals and her cultural sensitivity afforded her the the ability to build relationships with a diverse workforce in a multicultural setting. Following the completion of her studies in the United Kingdom, Morris rejoined the public service as an administrative officer within the Department of Social Development before moving on to the Ministry of Education Scholarship Secretariat as a scholarship officer later that year. Morris is currently pursuing a master's degree in organizational leadership with a specialization in project management, which will ultimately heighten her ability to provide guidance on procurement and project management matters to various government entities and public bodies. Evan Serlin's employment journey began in 2016 at the Financial Services Commission in Grand Turk following the completion of his associate's degree in computer studies from the Turks and Caicos Islands Community College. His employment at the FSC allowed him to enhance his professional skills, resulting in numerous promotions, from receptionist to assistant registration officer, then to registration officer, and finally ending with his appointment as help desk technician within the Information Technology Department. During this time, with the support of his colleagues, he was highly motivated to further his education, so he enrolled in the bachelor's program at the TCI Community College. In December 2021, after two years of dedicated focus on his studies, especially during the height of the pandemic and applying practical work experiences, he was awarded a bachelor's degree in management information systems from the Council of Community Colleges of Jamaica. Congratulations, Moesha and Evans. Now, Flow TCI kicked off the second edition of its acclaimed Leadership Symposium featuring world-renowned leadership guru and multi-number one New York Times best-selling author John C. Maxwell this past Monday at the Shore Club Resort for their Live to Lead conference. The event also featured a new cohort of world-class speakers and panelists dedicated to equipping and empowering leaders in the Turks and Caicos Islands. The host panelists and guest panelists for this event were from a wide cross-section of creatives, professionals, next-generation thinkers, and emerging youth leaders who expanded on key subjects including topical and trending industry topics such as equality, diversity and inclusion in the workforce, psychological safety in the workplace, and personal branding for leaders. RTC spoke with a few persons in attendance and speakers at the event to find out what they gained from this conference and the importance of One Like It. We got great tips about communication, the importance of communication, mental health was discussed. The panelists, they did an excellent job in discussing their brand, discussing you know, the different types of leadership and the impact it could have on employees and 
Unana organization as a whole. So I think um, it was a great, it was a great program, a great day. I, the widget thing was very, very interesting. You know, I mean, like that wonder, that invention, that galvanizing. I should go in all the discernment, then the galvanizing, then the enabling, and the tenacity. I think that's very, very important because I help organizations and their leaders to identify, you know, I mean, like strengths within their employees to be able to put them in a position that they can actually be progressive and be beneficial from. Which, you know, with organizations, it's very, very hard for them to find employees that actually can help the bottom line. I thought it went fabulous, to be honest. This is my second year, so it was highly anticipated on my calendar. And I had to get a lot of work done this morning so that I could be here for the afternoon session, which didn't take place last year. And I thought it was very encouraging that we're having this discussion, which was on mental health and psychological well-being in the workplace. We don't have avenues for places and persons and employees to speak about those sorts of issues on the workplace. So the work wasn't the issue, but there was tension that was palpable and could be felt by anyone who entered into the atmosphere. And so the real question, what I enjoyed from that panel was there is a need for large organizations and maybe all organizations to think about the mental health well-being of their employees and provide that level of counseling or outlet where they can speak their authentic truth about the workplace environment and not be penalized mm -hmm. or blamed for the way that they are viewing the environment. And I thought that was so thought-provoking, it was so exciting, and I look forward to it being implemented in organizations, especially in Turks and Caicos Islands Government Civil Service, where I have personally felt that employees were of the view that their voices and concerns could not be heard and were not being taken seriously. And because of that level of tension, their work output did suffer as a result of it. Well, you know, I'll tell you what really sealed the deal for me, the conversations that were happening at lunch and the level of connection and really the exchange that, you know, participants were having with each other. And in some cases, there were positive tensions in terms of, you know, views and opinions around leadership. What do we do? How do we manage these things? And I think that's a step in the right direction. That is where we stop. We self-reflect. We look at what's in front of us. We look at what's happening all around the world and we figure out what do we settle with in our markets and not settle, but how do we progress to make certain that you know any interventions that we're bringing within our leadership spaces are relevant uh, to what we're dealing with in, in our respective countries. Distinguished guests in attendance at this year's event included Deputy Governor Her Excellency Anya Williams, Deputy Premier and Minister of Finance the Honorable E.J. Saunders, Minister of Infrastructure and Planning the Honorable Jamel Robinson, Honorable Kyle Knowles and Honorable Akira Mizik. The third annual Live to Lead John C. Maxwell Leadership Summit has already been announced for February 24, 2024, with a new exciting lineup of speakers. That brings us to the end of our local news segment, Regional News is up next. Let's take a look at what's going on with our neighbors. Jamaica's People's National Party Councilor for the Islington Division in St. Mary Central, Lincoln Dixon, died Thursday morning. 
Dixon, a former educator, died on Thursday, days after laying his son Juvon to rest. The counselor's cause of death is not clear at this time. Dixon defeated the Jamaica Labour Party's Terry Ann Davidson to win the Islington division in the 2016 local government elections. He was also the chairman of the PNP's Region 2, which covers the parishes of St. Thomas, Portland and St. Mary. Condolences go out to his family, the party and his wider community. May his soul rest in peace. And police in Ecuador have found almost 8.8 tons of cocaine in a shipment of bananas bound for Belgium. The drugs are estimated to have been worth $330 million as they reached their destination. Ecuador has become one of the main transit countries for cocaine produced in the neighboring countries of Peru and Colombia. Last year, more than 200 tons of the drug were seized in the Andean country, much of it in the port of Guayaquil. With Ecuador the world's largest exporter of bananas, smugglers often try to hide their illegal substances among the fruit which is shipped from Guayaquil to destinations all over the globe. This latest haul was found inside a container full of banana cases destined for Belgium. Belgium has become the country where the largest quantities of cocaine have been seized within the European Union in recent years, with the port of Antwerp the main entry point for the illegal drug. That wraps up the happenings around the region. International news is up next. Let's take a look at what's going on around the world. Hong Kong firefighters battled a blaze that broke out at a construction site in the city's popular shopping district and forced 130 people in nearby buildings to evacuate. The fire erupted at the site of the Mariners Club redevelopment project in the densely populated Simsha Sui district at about 11 p.m. on Thursday night. Multiple floors of the structure, including scaffolding, were on fire. Exterior walls blackened and burning debris floated in the air. No casualties have been reported. The redevelopment plan by the Empire Group was to build a 42-story architectural landmark to house the historic club and a new hotel. The site is surrounded by a shopping center, several hotels and some residential and commercial buildings. Police said that six adjacent buildings, including the three where the evacuation took place and Sheraton Hong Kong Hotel and Towers, also caught on fire, but those blazes were extinguished. And then there was crime on the high seas. On Sunday morning, Lexis Moorer, a 31-year-old woman, was arrested at the Port of Miami by police officers for allegedly stealing eight credit cards to fund a family vacation to the Caribbean. According to reports, Moorer is accused of using the stolen credit cards to book two staterooms on a seven-day cruise ship with the Oasis of the Seas from Royal Caribbean. The cost of the trip amounted to $22,425, which was allegedly paid for using fraudulent credit cards. The alleged fraud was detected after Moorer had already boarded the Oasis of the Seas cruise ship, which made several stops in the Caribbean before returning to Miami. According to the arrest report, Moorer used the eight stolen credit cards to book the two cabins on the cruise ship, which departed on February 19th. The seven-day cruise made stops at Labadee in Haiti, 
Puerto Rico, St. Thomas, and the Bahamas before returning to Miami on Sunday morning. Crew on board the Royal Caribbean cruise ship detected the fraudulent activity and alerted the police who arrested Moorer at the Port of Miami at about 11 a.m. on Sunday. Upon her arrest, U.S. Customs officials and Border Protection officers found four of the eight stolen credit cards in Moorer's wallet. After her arrest, Moore appeared in court on Monday in Miami-Dade County, where she faced eight counts of grand theft, eight counts of fraudulent use of a credit card, and four counts of unlawful possession of a stolen credit card. Cruise ships are equipped with advanced technology that can help detect and prevent credit card fraud. Cruise ships often work with financial institutions to monitor onboard credit card transactions. This allows them to detect and respond to any fraudulent activity quite quickly. That's it for International News Sports is up next. Let's take a look at what's going on in the sporting world. Gunmen have threatened Argentinian soccer superstar Lionel Messi in a written message left Thursday when they opened fire at a supermarket owned by his in-laws in Argentina. Nobody was injured in the early morning attack and it was unclear why assailants would target Messi or the Unico supermarket in the country's third largest city of Rosario owned by the family of his wife Antonella Rocuzzo. The city's mayor, Pablo Javkin, is reported to have gone to the supermarket and lashed out at federal authorities over what he called their failure to curb a surge in drug-related violence in that city, which is located about 190 miles northwest of the capital of Buenos Aires. Police said two men on a motorcycle fired at least a dozen shots into the supermarket in the early hours, leaving a message on cardboard that read, Messi, we're waiting for you. Javkin is also a drug trafficker, so he won't take care of you. Messi led the national team to the country's first World Cup victory in 36 years in Qatar in December 2022. He currently plays for Paris Saint-Germain and spends much of his time overseas, though he often visits Rosario where he has a home. He was in France at the time of the incident. According to media reports, the federal government's security minister, Anibal Fernandez, said that drug-related violence was not a recent phenomenon in the city and that Thursday's attack was typical of what has happened there for the last 20 years. Messi, who just this week won FIFA's Best Men's Player Award, could travel to Argentina later this month to join the national squad in playing two friendly matches. One takes place March 23rd against Panama in Buenos Aires, while the other one will be five days later against Curaçao in the northern city of Santiago del Estero. That brings us to the end of sports, but before we go, let's take a look at our weather forecast. Friday's conditions are mostly sunny and clear skies, highs of 80 degrees and lows of 73. Winds are coming from the east-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Less than 10% chance of rain is expected. 
Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, same conditions apply. Sunshine with a few passing clouds, highs of 80 degrees and lows of 73. Winds from the east-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour and a less than 10% chance of rain is expected. That completes our weather forecast and today's newscast. Recapping the news for today, Premier holds State of the State for government's two years in office. Jamaican politician passes away. Cocaine found in Ecuadorian banana shipment. Fire in Chinese shopping district. Passenger uses stolen credit cards on cruise ship. Thank you all so much for joining me here on RTC 89.1 FM for this week's newscast. If you'd like to read more stories or if you missed today's presentation, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store for the news or to listen to our podcast. Have a good weekend, Turks and Caicos. I am Soya Fassler. Join us again on Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.